What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 15 of Merton of the Movies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Merton of the Movies by Harry Leon Wilson. Chapter 15. A New Trail. One genial morning a few days later, the sun shone in across the desk of Baird while he talked to Merton Gill of the new piece. It was a sun of fairest promise. Mr. Gill's late work was again lavishly commended, and confidence was expressed that he would surpass himself in the drama shortly to be produced. Mr. Baird spoke in enthusiastic terms of this, declaring that if it did not prove to be a knockout, a clean-up picture, then he, Jeff Baird, could safely be called a Chinaman. And during the time that would elapse before shooting on the new piece could begin, he specified a certain study in which he wished his actor to engage. "'You've watched the Edgar Wayne pictures, haven't you?' "'Yes, I've seen a number of them.' Like his work, that honest country boy loving his mother and little sister stuff, wearing overalls and tousled hair in the first part, and coming out in city clothes and eight-dollar neckties at the last, with his hair slicked back same as a seal? Oh, yes, I like it. He's fine. He has great appeal. Good. That's the kind of a part you're going to get in this new piece. Lots of managers in my place would say— no, he's a capable young chap and has plenty of talent, but he lacks the experience to play an Edgar Wayne part. That's what a lot of these Weisenheimers would say. But me, not so. I believe you can get away with this part, and I'm going to give you your chance. I'm sure I don't know how to thank you, Mr. Baird, and I'll try to give you the very best that is in me. I'm sure of that, my boy. You needn't tell me. But now, what I want you to do while you got this layoff between pieces, chase out and watch all the Edgar Wayne pictures you can find. There was one up on the boulevard last week I'd like you to watch half a dozen times. It may be at another house down this way, or it may be out in one of the suburbs. I'll have someone outside call up and find where it is today, and they'll let you know. It's called Happy Homestead, or something snappy like that, and it kind of suggests a layout for this new piece of mine. See what I mean? It'll suggest things to you. Edgar and his mother and little sister live on this farm, and Edgar mixes in with a swell dame down at the summer hotel, and a villain tries to get his old mother's farm, and another villain takes his little sister off up to the wicked city, and Edgar has more trouble than would patch hell a mile. See? But it all comes right in the end, and the city girl falls for him when she sees him in his stepping-out clothes. 
It's a pretty little thing, but to my way of thinking it lacks strength. Not enough punch to it. So we're sort of building up on that general idea, only we'll put in the pep that this piece lacked. If I don't miss my guess, you'll be able to show Wayne a few things about serious acting, especially after you've studied his methods a little bit in this piece. Well, if you think I can do it, began Merton, then broke off in answer to a sudden thought. Will my mother be the same actress that played it before, the one that mopped all the time? Yes, the same actress, but a different sort of mother. She's, she's more enterprising. She's sort of a chemist in a way. Puts up preserves and jellies for the hotel. She never touches a mop in the whole piece and dresses neat from start to finish. And does the cross-eyed man play in it? Sometimes in scenes with him I'd get the idea I wasn't really doing my best. Yes, yes, I know. Baird waved a sympathetic hand. Poor old Jack. He's trying hard to do something worth while, but he's played in those cheap comedy things so long it's sort of hard for him to get out of it and play serious stuff, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean, said Merton. And he's been with me so long I kind of hate to discharge him. You see, on account of those eyes of his, it would be hard for him to get a job as a serious actor, so I did think I'd give him another part in this piece if you didn't object, just to sort of work him into the worthwhile things. He's so eager for the chance. It was quite pathetic how grateful he looked when I told him I'd try him once more in one of the better and finer things. And a promise is a promise. Still, Merton, you're the man I must suit in this cast. If you say the word, I'll tell Jack he must go. Though I know what a blow it will be to him. Oh, no, Mr. Baird, Merton interrupted fervently. I wouldn't think of such a thing. Let the poor fellow have a chance to learn something better than the buffoonery he's been doing. I'll do everything I can to help him. I think it is very pathetic, his wanting to do the better things. It's fine of him. And maybe some day he could save up enough to have a good surgeon fix his eyes right. It might be done, you know. Now that's nice of you, my boy. It's kind and generous. Not every actor of your talent would want Jack working in the same scene with him. And perhaps, as you say, some day he can save up enough from his wages to have his eyes fixed. I'll mention it to him. And this reminds me, speaking of the cast, there's another member who might bother some of these fussy actors. She's the girl who will take the part of your city sweetheart. As a matter of fact, she isn't exactly the type I'd have picked for the part, because she's rather a large, hearty girl, if you know what I mean. I could have found a lot who were better lookers, but the poor thing has a bedridden father and mother, and a little crippled brother, and a little sister that isn't well, and she's working hard to send them all to school. I mean the children, not her parents. So I saw the chance to do her a good turn, and I hope you'll feel that you can work harmoniously with her. I know I'm too darned human to be in this business. Baird looked aside to conceal his emotion. I'm sure, Mr. Baird, I'll get along fine with the young lady, and I think it's fine of you to give these people jobs when you could get better folks in their places. Well, well, we'll say no more about that, replied Baird gruffly, as one who had again hidden his too impressionable heart. Now ask in the outer office where that Wayne film is today, and catch it as often as you feel you're getting any of the Edgar Wayne stuff. We'll call you up when work begins. 
He saw the Edgar Wayne film, a touching story in which the timid, diffident country boy triumphed over difficulties and won the love of a pure New York society girl, meantime protecting his mother from the insulting sneers of the idle rich, and being made to suffer intensely by the apparent moral wreck of his dear little sister, whom a rich scoundrel lured to the great city with false promises that he would make a fine lady of her. Never before had he studied the acting method of Wayne with a definite aim in view. Now he watched until he himself became the awkward country boy. He was primed with the Wayne manner, the appealing ingenuousness, the simple embarrassments, the manly regard for the old mother, when word came that Baird was ready for him in the new piece. This drama was strikingly like the Wayne piece he had watched, at least in its beginning. Baird, in his striving for the better things, seemed at first to have copied his model almost too faithfully. Not only was Merton to be the awkward country boy in the little hillside farmhouse, but his mother and sister were like the other mother and sister. Still, he began to observe differences. The little sister, played by the Montague girl, was a simple farm maiden as in the other piece, but the mother was more energetic. She had silvery hair and wore a neat black dress, with a white lace collar and cameo brooch at her neck, and she embraced her son tearfully at frequent intervals, as had the other mother, but she carried on in her kitchen an active business in canning fruits and putting up jellies, which, sold to the rich people at the hotel, would swell the little fund that must be saved to pay the mortgage. Also, in the present piece, the country boy was to become a great inventor, and this was different. Merton felt that this was a good touch. It gave him dignity. He appeared ready for work on the morning designated. He was now able to make up himself, and he dressed in the country boy costume that had been provided. It was perhaps not so attractive a costume as Edgar Wayne had worn, consisting of loose-fitting overalls that came well above his waist and were fastened by straps that went over the shoulders, but, as Baird remarked, the contrast would be greater when he dressed in rich city clothes at the last. His hair, too, was no longer than the slicked-back hair of Parmalee, but tousled in country disorder. For much of the action of the new piece they would require an outside location, but there were some interiors to be shot on the lot. He forgot the ill-fitting overalls when shown his attic laboratory, where, as an ambitious young inventor, sustained by the unfaltering trust of mother and sister, he would perfect certain mechanical devices that would bring him fame, fortune, and the love of a pure New York society girl. It was a humble little room containing a workbench that held his tools, and a table littered with drawings over which he bent until late hours of the night. At this table, simple, unaffected, deeply earnest, he was shown as the dreaming young inventor, perplexed at moments, then, with brightening eyes, making some needful change in the drawings. He felt in these scenes that he was revealing a world of personality and he must struggle to give a sincere interpretation in later scenes that would require more action. He would show Baird that he had not watched Edgar Wayne without profit. Another interior was of the neat living room of the humble home. Here were scenes of happy family life with the little sister and the fond old mother. The Montague girl was a charming picture in her simple print dress and sunbonnet beneath which hung her braid of golden hair. 
The mother was a sweet old dear, dressed as Baird had promised. She early confided to Merton that she was glad her part was not to be a mopping part. In that case she would have had to wear knee-pads, whereas now she was merely, she said, to be a tired businesswoman. Still another interior was of her kitchen, where she busily carried on her fruit-canning activities. Pots boiled on the stove, and glass jars were filled with her product. One of the pots, Merton noticed, the largest, had a tightly closed top from which a slender tube of copper went across. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.